And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is Monday. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to the superb football game. I know I have to be careful on that because it is a registered trademark and stuff and we can't say it without paying lots of money, of course, they say. Anyway, welcome everyone. The live chat is open. We are broadcasting only to YouTube today because I am testing um, testing whether or not the stream strength actually uh, has any kind of an an effect. So uh, those of you who are maybe used to seeing this over on Facebook, there's not a lot, but that's okay. Uh, We're just going to stream to YouTube today. So the chat is open. Anybody wants to join in on the conversation. If you are not live with us today, you can leave a comment, send an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. We do invite you to subscribe to all of our uh, social media there and sign up for our newsletter. We do have a newsletter. And if you prefer to get these kinds of shows on podcasts, uh, your podcast players, we are available. This show and the H2O podcast both available on a number of players iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Double Twitch, Double Twist, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Pocket Casts. So uh, there is that. And it might be a shorter than usual show today because I am recovering from the Kansas City Chiefs game. I was not there as a fan. I was there as uh, part of the TV crew as as a, as a piece of my day job. So very, very, very late night for me last night. So I don't know that I'll be on for a full hour today. Besides which, it's much more entertaining and enjoyable when this program is an hour long with a guest. So... I'm working on getting guests. If you have a suggestion for a guest, uh, we are welcome. Uh, uh, you're welcome to share that with us and let us know. And uh, we'll see what we can do to accommodate. All right. So over the weekend, over the weekend, we had uh, word that Larry King had passed away. And I thought, you know what? I don't have uh, I don't have my light on. Hang on just a second here. 
you know, for atmosphere. Over the weekend, we got word that Larry King had passed away, and it occurs to me, uh, as I was thinking about it, it's not really so much a genre topic, although he has appeared in uh, genre productions before. But uh, it, it occurs to me over the weekend that this, this presents a little bit of an opportunity to talk about our approach here on uh, doing interviews and having conversations. I mentioned, I mentioned the show is better when there are guests, and I certainly do believe that. Uh, so what I thought I'd do today is talk you know, a little bit about the development of our style. I, I, I don't know if it's of interest to anyone, but one of the things that I uh, do when, I, when I'm telling people about the show, when I'm inviting guests on the show, I tell them that it's kind of a, a mashup between Larry King Live and Inside the Actors Studio. And because hello sci-fi snob in the chat, and because it's it that's that's a that's a nice quick clean shorthand. Larry King live inside the actor studio. Everybody is f- somewhat familiar with those shows, with the format of those shows. Inside the actor studio, of course, is a one-on-one conversation in front of usually in front of an audience. Uh, a lot of times, it's in front of students. Uh, but they have, um, they have just a, it's, it's just conversation. It's it, one of the things that bugs me, especially about late night talk shows, is that a lot of times it feels like I have, I have a checklist of questions. And I'm going to ask a question, check it off, ask a question, check it off, ask a question, check it off. That's not a good interview style for me. And Larry King was not one of those people to just check off the question. And it struck me that you know when I started doing this and as I have evolved as a media producer as somebody in the, in the media I've had 30 plus years in this. So I've I've pulled from various different influences over the years, Larry King being one of them, Johnny Carson being the, being another. Now there are other influences certainly because of the different types of shows that we do, but when in terms of talk shows uh, and and interviews, of course you have Larry I mean, Larry King was one of the top rated top uh, watched uh, certainly one of the more popular shows especially in in the 90s and of course Johnny Carson ruled late night for a long long time and it it's one of those things where when I started when I started talking about doing interviews when people when 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 I started doing interviews all that long ago, I knew that I didn't want to do the checklist. I wanted to do, I wanted to have conversations more than anything else. 
And Larry King and Johnny Carson both are those are, is that kind of host. If you go back and you watch any video of their interviews with people, and and yes, Carson leaned more toward the comedy, but when he's sitting down one on one there in in the in the chairs, he's the host and the guest is there. He had the ability to run with whatever where whatever topic and whatever direction the conversation went. If the guest mentioned something, Carson just went right along with it and and stayed with them. <coughs> and you go back and listen to uh, to Jodie Foster talk about her time on Taxi Driver where they're doing a bunch of rehearsal where she's rehearsing with Bob De Niro and and she says that they rehearsed it so much and they rehearsed it so much and so much and so much and so much that uh, it it became it became boring almost she got so sick and tired of going over the same thing over and over and over again but when they started shooting and De Niro started improvising, she was able to go along with it. And that's that speaks to preparation. I'm laying groundwork here for something. That speaks to preparation. You do something often enough or you do something so you know it well enough. That preparation allows you to improvise and think on your feet and do what you don't expect you have to do, but you're still able to do it. And Larry King and Johnny Carson were both of that of that ilk in terms of interviews. Interviews go well when the person asking the questions is prepared and not flying by the seat of your pants. And, and I will admit that I've done that a few times. Um, and especially when you have guests that don't have very much of a history, they don't have very much of a track record. They're, ju they're just starting out. So there's not a lot of research that you can do. But you have somebody like uh, Margot Kidder, for example. I was, I was able to moderate one of her panels at Planet Comic Con. That takes a lot of preparation. Uh, Lee Majors or uh, Stephen Amell or Ming-Na Wen. You know, all, of these, all of these people that you talk to... Research and preparation is very important so that when when something gets mentioned, you can pull from your research and go right along with it. And Larry King did that a lot. Johnny Carson did that a lot. So when I bring people in to the staff as volunteers and they're interested in interviewing people, they're, they're interested in getting on camera and talking to people about what they do, that's one of the first things that I do. I say, you need to go back and study Johnny Carson. <clears throat> because these, these interviews, these question and answer sessions, really roll out like conversations between neighbors. They don't feel like your typical interview. You know, it's not highfalutin, hoity-toity, nosy, I'm going to ask the questions and you're going to answer the questions. It's not an interrogation. And I think conversation is a lot more 
entertaining for one, but it's a lot easier to digest for the audience in another because it flows better. And King and Carson both were masters of this, where they could take whatever preparation they had, whatever research they had, and whether or not they used it, it was still there available for them to draw from, and whenever the conversation went sideways, they're still able to adjust. And that's been kind of a gold standard for me in terms of what kind of interviews, what kind of interviewer do I want to be? Now, I certainly don't think that I'm going to ever have the stature or the, uh, or the media footprint that Larry King or Johnny Carson had. I have no illusions about that. I'm not that good. But I'm good. Just enough. And so far, that approach has served me in good stead because I have yet to come across anybody that I have interviewed who says, oh, that was terrible. I'm never going to do that again. Now, they might say that off the air after, after I'm gone. But so far, the feedback has been fairly positive. So I take that as a win. And I say all of that so, so that I can encourage people, those of you especially who are just starting out with this kind of thing, if you're, if you're thinking about starting a, a podcast or a, or a YouTube show or something like that, find, find people who do what you want to do. Study them. Scrutinize what, uh, what, what kind of format, scrutinize their approach, what kind of questions do they ask, how, how do they approach certain topics, especially there are times when things can get awkward. And you have to be prepared for that as well. You have to be prepared for the, for the guest that gets up and walks out. So far, I haven't, had, I haven't had anybody walk out on me yet. Have I, Mrs. Boss? I don't think I have. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's, nobody's canceled and said, no, I'm done, finished. <clears throat> because I also don't believe in the gotcha. There are some interviewers, there are some reporters and anchors who will get a guest on and they will set them up with a gotcha. I don't believe that's ethical. I don't think it's right. And we put it in our documentation. I've got a, a, a sheet that I send to most of our guests that says, you know, here's, here's, what you sh here's what you can expect when you come on our show. And one of the things that's in there is that there are not going to be any gotchas. Now, I do also give them a heads up that, you know, on occasion, these conversations might get into some awkward topics. And the guest always has the option of saying, "Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I'm not going to answer that." But I give them a chance. I say, "Is there anything that you definitely want to avoid?" Because I don't want to put them in a place where they feel paranoid that they're going to get asked that one question that's going to derail the whole thing. 
comfort is important as well. The guest has to be comfortable because when the guest is comfortable, it's an easier conversation and it's an easier conversation to listen to. It's easier for the audience when that conversation just flows. And whatever you might think about um, political topics or cultural topics or anything like that, uh, you know, Larry King and Johnny Carson both had a very comfortable style. It was a conversation. Hey, neighbor, let's talk about what's going on in your life. You know, that kind of thing. And, of course, you, you have the guests that are there to pitch a product to promote their new movie or their new book or their new, or new TV show or whatnot. But even then, those conversations don't necessarily center around the one topic. Freeform is always going to be, at least for me, a better way to approach an interview and have a guest on because you're not stuck in the same thing. I was talking to Dave McDonald uh, last year. He was the managing editor of Starlog magazine for a number of years. And he said he had a conversation with Jimmy Doohan once and asked him, he says, you know, you, you keep hearing these same questions over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Doesn't it ever get old? Doesn't it ever get tired? Don't you ever get tired of answering the same question? And he says that Dewan looked at him and said, it may be that I've heard the question before, but they haven't heard the answer before. Everybody who asks the question is hearing the answer for the first time. Unless you do the research and you do the, you know, you do your homework and you find those interviews where he's asked, you know, he's answered that question before. But if you're a fan and you're coming up to him and saying, how did it, how did it feel to do X? And it's their very first time that they're hearing the answer. Then it's unique. It's, it's genuine. Um, Sci-fi snob. I didn't notice that about Sizemore, although you were right where he was where he was during part of that interview, and I think we talked about it after that. Uh, Mrs. Boss has the has the speculation that he got he he went into that particular uh, space maybe to get away from the dogs because uh, when he dialed in uh, and afterwards uh, he's got a he's got a dog. That is a hold me dog. He's 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 got a he's got a dog who's, I, huh? Very needy. Well, yeah, very needy. I, I I anxious. He's a hold me pup, and so Sizemore was dealing with that as well. But it still it still went okay as a conversation. It was a, it was a good conversation. And uh, and both uh, Sybil Lake and and Tom Sizemore both said afterwards it was very it, it was a very good experience for them they really enjoyed it so that's good I'll have to go back and look at the tape to see if if that was the case on on Mr Sizemore's pants but anyway I just thought I would share a little bit now. Larry King and Johnny Carson certainly are not the only influences on how I do things here because uh, growing up in Dallas, there was a radio station, KVIL. Hello, Robert. KVIL Highland Park, KVIL FM Highland Park, Dallas, Fort Worth. 
I will never forget the legal ID for KVIL. It's not the same radio station anymore, but forever and a day, the morning show was led by a man named Ron Chapman, who was the, the star of the Dallas radio scene. He was, a, he was a big player in media, a heavy influence on a number of people. And he was a mover and shaker behind the scenes as well. He was responsible for the sound of KVIL for a long time. And nothing happened on the air without Ron Chapman signing off on it. But he had that same kind of style, that same kind of approach, that when he's talking as a, as a morning show personality, when he's talking to his audience, it's, it's just folks. We're, we're neighbors having a conversation across the back fence, that kind of thing. And his demeanor on the air was... comfortable and comforting. It was something that people got used to. I mean, Ron Chapman on the air was a staple in Dallas for a very, 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 very long time. Number one morning show for, for decades. And when he retired, it was a big change in the Dallas media landscape. Another one that I looked at as far as an influence, and I, I didn't realize it until later, but there was a news anchor in the Dallas market, by, a man by the name of Chip Moody, who, who was an anchor at the NBC affiliate, KXTX Channel, no, K, KXAS Channel 5. And I distinctly remember we had moved from Dallas to Little Rock in 1978. And we moved back from Little Rock to Dallas in 1979. We only lasted in Little Rock for nine months. It was a miserable experience. But we moved back, and as we were looking for a new place, we're in, uh, we were in... Uh, an apartment complex for just a couple of days while we were settling in. And I remember, uh, I remember they turned on the black and white TV just to get the news and, and it popped on and there's Chip Moody. And he ended up over at the ABC affiliate channel eight until he retired. Uh, he, he died from cancer not too long after he retired, but he was a staple in the Dallas market as well. And his delivery style as a news anchor was something that's kind of influenced my delivery style as a news anchor, but it also filters into my approach as a talk show host. So it's one of those things that I tell I tell staff find the find the ones that you like to watch. Find the ones you like to listen to. Whether it's a podcast host or a, a radio personality or a MTV VJ 
anything like that. And listen to how they speak. Listen to how they deliver their program. Uh, whether they're hosting a morning show or they're doing a news program, if they're a news anchor and they're reading, you know, they're, they're reading the teleprompter or whatnot, there's always a style. Everybody has a distinct style. Now, everybody probably borrows from everybody else. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. And I've no doubt have borrowed from others. I don't know that I've got any specific tick that I've, that I've picked up from anybody else. But I incorporate various different things. I practice, see what it sounds like, and if I like it, then I'll use it. I'm not big on telling jokes because I'm not funny. I, uh, I guess I do engage in a, in a little bit of self-deprecating humor. Um, because I would rather acknowledge my own boringness rather than have somebody come in and say, you're boring. Because I can be. It's been known to happen. I also don't claim to be right all the time. I don't. I hear you over there. I don't claim to be right all the time. But then again, when you're right all the time, you don't have to broadcast it. You just let people realize it. It adds to your credibility and your social clout if you're right but you don't draw attention to yourself. You let others do it. Or something like that. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things. Um, <clears throat> so where do we go from here? This is just kind of a impromptu hosting seminar-ish for anybody that's interested in uh, in doing that kind of thing. And yes, sci-fi stop, you're right. It is being right all the time is a burden. But it is one that I will shoulder for the children. <coughs> anyway. All right. So, uh, a programming note we're back to full schedule this week. We'll have an H2O podcast tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Wait a minute. That's not the one that I want. That's the one that I want. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. I don't know what our topic is going to be yet, but, you know, it is what it is. Do we have we don't have a, a salacious crumbs this week, right? No, no, no salacious crumbs this week. But we do have an H2O podcast this week, so there is that. Um, and then back here tomorrow, I am trying to line up some guests. If anybody's got suggestions, you can leave us a, uh, a comment or send an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Like I said, this is this is going to be a short one today. Uh, mainly because it's you know it's Monday and it, I I don't really feel like a lot of people are interested in hearing me talk about myself too much, but it's a you know it's a way for 
for me to kind of offer up some advice, I guess, some unsolicited advice, you know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, also, tomorrow, we will have um, a special link that we'll be sharing. I was a guest on the show Networking from Nimbus 3. Oh, way, 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 way back in the day. Um, I think we recorded this, I think, about a million years ago. Um, and it is a show about Star Trek. It's, it's, uh, it's a podcast that's uh, over in England, or over in the UK. And uh, Trek Lad is his handle over on Twitter, and he was the he's the host of this show, and he invited me to come on, so I was a guest. And that episode is going to be dropping tomorrow over on his podcast. And when I get the link, uh, we will share that as well, so you can listen to that. It was a good it was a good conversation, and it was one of those um, we're not going to agree on everything type of conversations, but it it went fairly well. Uh, nobody got angry. Nobody got uh, uh, nobody got bent out of shape. Uh, Sci-fi sob asking about Johnny Carson. Um, yeah, um, I I did talk a little bit about that, but basically, basically, Carson leaned into the comedy, of course. But when you sit and watch uh, any of his conversations, especially if he's talking with up and coming uh, comics stand-up comedians, if he's talking to uh, people that he's known for a long time, people like John, you, you look some of his conversations with like Jonathan Winters or Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, but also whenever he has just anybody on, uh, he manages to have that conversation in a way that feels entirely organic and natural. Even if, even if you're talking about something that Here's why I'm on the show to promote this thing. Uh, Carson had a way of making everything just feel like it was a, a, a just folks conversation. And it wasn't anything that felt like it was rehearsed or set up or pre-planned or anything like that. So it was uh, there. And there are plenty of clips of 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 all of that over on uh, over on YouTube that people can look at it. I I highly recommend it if you're into doing interviews. If you're planning on doing that kind of thing, those are uh, those are good resources to have. So okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out today. Thanks very much for being here and watching and listening to me rant. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, follow up on some emails and try to line up some guests. I've got some surprises in mind. I have some unique, hadn't thought about that type of guests. So uh, that's in the works, and uh, we will. And I'm waiting to hear back from some other people. And I would love to have Gina Carano on as a guest. I guess. I guess we we'll just wait our turn. <laughs> All right. Back tomorrow with more H2O Tonight, live from the bunker tomorrow. Thanks for being here, everyone. And remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 
Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.